Um, well, I have a cold today. And I don't. So that should be fun. Super fun. <laughs> I'm sure everyone wants to hear this nice and raspy. No, they do, but you got to tell them who you are. Okay. Hi, I'm Anna. And I'm Katie. And we're the hosts of this episode of SWIM, Strong Women in Motion. In today's episode, we sit down with Anne Walker-Farrell. She's an animator, storyboard artist, production designer, writer, producer, and director of 2016's Critic Choice Television Award for Best Animated Series, BoJack Horseman. Yes. She has worked in nearly every department of television production throughout her 12 years in the animation industry. She's worked on the Ricky Gervais Show and the Mr. Men Show and can boast clients like Disney Playhouse, Reading Rainbow, and the BBC. Today, we touch on how she got started, the numerous responsibilities she carries in her work, her journey to Madagascar, and the importance of being kind. It's an interesting listen. Enjoy. Well, hello, and welcome to the Swim Podcast. I'm Katie. And I'm Anna. And with us, we have the fabulous... Hi, I'm uh, Anne Walker-Farrell. I am a... Uh, I'm talking into the wrong microphone. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I am no a director on uh, BoJack Horseman, and also uh, I make uh, comics and stupid drawings on the side. <laughs> Wonderful drawings on the side. I'm into that, actually. I also do stupid drawings on the side, so it's uh, <laughs> it's a it's a great hobby. <laughs> Definitely. Well, to begin with, I'm really curious to know how you got your start. Like, how old were you when you knew that this is what you wanted to do, or did you stumble into it by happy accident? It was kind of a mix. I I always liked to draw. I remember um, I was about six or seven when I figured out like, oh, I'm good at this. And also it's really fun. And also I like it. Um, and so I would draw constantly, like all over my notes in school. And as I got a little bit older uh, and I always, you know, I always watch cartoons. I always, you know, the little mermaid, I think I've, I've seen so many, so many times, so very many times. That's a um, good one. And, and as I got older, I got into, um, into anime and, and, so this was uh, this was before the internet. So I, or, you know, the the outset of the internet. So I wasn't. It was. I remember like reading in a newspaper, like, oh my gosh, Princess Mononoke is playing in San Francisco, and my friend and I like getting in the car and driving, and and it was fascinating to see that, for me at least, at you know sixteen, seventeen, that animation wasn't just something for kids. It was an art form, and so I, you know, it. <laughs> It was, yeah, I, I always love storytelling. I always love drawing. And, you know, when, you know, I got to the age where, like, oh, I have to figure out where I want to go to college. It's like, well, animation is, is, is both of those. Like, this is, this is awesome. This, I want to be a part of this. So I, um, I told my parents, uh, you know, I, I want to go to art school. And uh, they said, well, how, that's cool. That's cool. How about, how about you not do that? Uh, how about you go oh. to real school? Um, and, you know, we, we had a discussion about it and, and eventually, you know, they, they, they saw how passionate I was and how much I loved it. And, uh, you know, they, they sent me off to, to art school and um, I went to Laguna College of Art and Design for three years. Uh, and art school was interesting. I, I learned a lot. Um, Another one, one of the things for me that I learned, um, and this is not necessarily just true for art school, but kind of for animation in general, is that you have to be very self-motivated. And I went to a school that didn't have 
there wasn't a huge, like, there wasn't really an internship program or anything. We didn't have a lot of assistants getting internships, but we were always told internships are very important. So I think, like, the summer before my junior year, I was like, well, I, I gotta get an internship. And so I started, I started calling, and I figured, well, I'll just start at the top and work my way down and see who lets me in. Um, and Cartoon Network, actually, uh, I started talking with them, and, and they're like, well, why don't you come for an internship? And I learned... I think I learned more in, in the two months that I spent, you know, haunting the halls at, at, at CN than I did in, honestly, in, in a full two years of school. And it was that, that actually was one of the deciding factors in me leaving school my third year. Uh, I, I met people for the first time who said, look, it's, you know, this industry's hard, but it's more about, you know, what's in your portfolio and, and how well you can draw rather than necessarily this degree that you have. It, especially coming from a family with no other artists, like this was mind boggling. And so I remember telling my parents like, well, you know, well, actually rewind, like the summer before senior year, I figured, okay, I, I'm not really getting to where I want to be in, in school. Um, maybe I should look for a job. And the mom in my brain is like, okay, if you find a job, you can quit school. And so I spent the summer before my senior year frantically looking for work, just knocking on doors, you know, being uh, generally a pain in the ass. And like, hi, here I am. Here's my portfolio. Hello, here, hello, hello. Please don't close that door. Hello. Um, <laughs> and I got a two-week gig at a little studio called Renegade uh, in Glendale. And they, they gave me a shot as like an assistant assistant to the assistant background designer and nice. I was oh my god I was bes I was over the moon and so I remember calling my parents and saying hey guys guess what um I'm quitting school but don't worry I have a job it's all good um moving to LA see you later bye and did, uh, <laughs> did that go did that go over a little better then since you at least had like the other thing you know I, the job lined up it, they were perturbed I mean my mom is a my mom is a history major who works in insurance my dad is an economics major who works in sales neither of them had any idea mm -hmm. what like you know about animation about working in film about sort of more non-traditional fields and so but they, they were very supportive they said okay well you know if you ever want to go back to school you can go back to school and I, I think that's important I think you know for, for them that was their way of you know like we support you but like if yeah. you ever want to do it the way that we know how to do it again, like it's, it's always open. Um, so I, uh, you know, I, I went to Renegade and I, I moved to, I moved to LA and I had a two week job. I did not know what I was doing when those two weeks were up. Uh, but I, I, I showed up and, you know, I, I just worked really hard and, and they liked my work and they kept me around and, uh, I was at Renegade on and off for, oh my gosh, like, almost six years, I think. I worked on, I did the assistant design stuff on a show called Hi Hi Puffy Yummy Yumi. That was my first gig. I remember that. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard of that one in a while. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really, it was cool. It was, um, and that was, you know, where I first met other professional animators. You know, it was, it was amazing. It was really, you know, magical to have, have like, I, rem I remember dropping off my portfolio at Renegade and kind of looking back over the receptionist's shoulder and and thinking like oh my gosh like the, those lucky bastards like they get to do this all day like and you know getting in there and and you know having my own little desk and being able to draw for money was just incredible like i i felt you know i felt so so lucky and i, I still do every i mean especially like now getting to work on stuff like bojack and you know uh worked on the ricky gervais show i worked in a cool little show called good vibes that 
you know, it, it, it was, it was only on for a season, but it was like, I, I feel really fortunate to have been able to be a part of like such, such cool projects. So uh, I guess that leads into my next question. How did you um, how did you end up getting involved with BoJack? Um, I I actually worked. Mike Hollingsworth, a supervising director, and I actually worked together at Renegade um, on the Mister Men show. A, a lot of times, in animation, your your jobs, you know, they not only come from your portfolio, from the from your body of work, but also from who you know. So it you know it pays not to be a jerk. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, so, so Mike and I worked together at Renegade and he, I remember I had just gotten laid off from Bento Box and I was, I was having a sad because I didn't have a job in, in animation. You know, you're out of work at least once every six months. So it wasn't unexpected, but I was, you know, I was like, oh, I don't know. And I was actually, I was almost at a point I'd had a discouraging couple of years career wise. And I was sort of at the point where it's like, do I still want to do this? Like, am I still okay with like this constant struggle and hustle for work? And what, what am I doing? And I, you know, so I was sort of drifting a little bit and, and Mike sent me a Facebook message of all things and said, Hey, I'm working on this show called Bojack. We're looking for a board revisionist. Uh, why don't you come on board? And I said, all right, I guess. And I went, you know, and I went to work and I, yeah, I, I started, I started watching the animatics for Bojack. Um, I don't know. Uh, are, are you are you gals in animation as well? Are you are you familiar yeah. with the animation process? Half of us, half of us is in animation. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Katie's a producer. Um, yeah. And I uh, I'm an animator, but we're I'm actually based we're based out of Minneapolis, and I uh, primarily work in like commercial animation, so lots of motion graphics and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, so a little bit different industry, but yes, I, I, I am familiar yeah. with they're Bojack kissing cousins. Sure. That's what I like to say. Yeah. <laughs> So you're familiar with like the animatic stage and the board stage, like yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. So I'm I'm watching down the animatics uh, for for BoJack. Um, I guess for those listening who aren't familiar, an animatic is kind of like a, a comic. It's it's you, you take it. It's the visual interpretation of a script. So you have a script. You're drawing out where the characters are and what they're doing, kind of their expressions, their acting, their posing. Um, and so I started watching the animatics to kind of get familiar with the show and start watching and it's it's, it's funny it's a funny show you know Bojack's a pretty it's a solid show and then I got to I remember clearly um it was the there's a montage in in season one at the end of episode four where one of Diane's ex-boyfriends is just talking to her and he's saying you know you think that you're happy now but like you're not and you're miserable like the rest of us and soon you're gonna be miserable and it was this you're gonna be miserable again and it was this dark dark speech overlaid with, you know, Bojack doing terrible things to Todd. Uh, and it, my jaw was on the floor by the end of it. And I realized that I was working on something that, you know, not only was, was funny, but also completely unabashedly afraid to be smart, to be weird, to be dark. And I like, that's for, for me, I had never encountered that before in, in animation. And I, I was hooked. I was, I was ready (laughs) and I've been on it ever since. That's awesome. That's amazing. Did you feel like when you joined, it was going to turn into what it now is, you know, which is such a critically acclaimed and loved animation series? I hoped for it. I mean, especially after seeing that montage, I realized like that I was a part of something special and I, I knew, I knew in my gut, I thought it was awesome. I, I've worked on shows before where, 
you know, I, I, like, I love them. I hope, like, I hope that they do well. And then like, you know, something happens, it, you know, it, it doesn't air at the right time or it just doesn't get the publicity that it needs and it kind of fades away. And so with, with Bojack, I just remember like, oh my gosh, fingers crossed, like, don't jinx it, don't jinx it. Like season two, come on. And, um, you know, season one, I think uh, it, you know, we got we got some response and then season two was a little more and then like as more and more people watched it and, and saw it and told their friends it you know it, it just snowballed and then especially with with uh you know season three with the underwater episode um it's it's been fantastic just to see the the response like it's 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 been amazing that might have been my favorite episode <laughs> of, the, of the of season three for sure and then how it let yeah just how it led into the finale mm-hmm. I, I don't want to spoil it but yeah okay <laughs> I'm just spoil like laughing to myself spoil thinking through all of that um so I I'm really curious uh I I'm excited to hear that you have like experience at you know Cartoon Network and mm-hmm. and doing like animated uh series for like cable networks is there anything about like doing a show for netflix you know how they are putting everything out like the whole season out at one time is there like a difference in like that workflow generally or is it kind of follow the same like traditional you know patterns um it's i mean as far as production workflow goes it's essentially the same um uh, generally you know it's you know the, the the way animation is made kind of doesn't change from between broadcast and between netflix Kind of the cool difference with Netflix is it gives you an opportunity writing wise and story wise to do a lot of continuity stuff um, because stuff airing on, um, you know, back back in the, in, the, in the dark ages before Netflix, like, you know, stuff was airing on TV. You couldn't like you couldn't even guarantee that the episodes would be aired in order. So like sometimes you'd work on mm-hmm. something. Oh, yeah. When you, and then the writers would attempt to do continuity and then the network would air it like, you know, episode five, episode three, episode 12, episode one, like what <laughs> no you ruined my baby um so basically yeah you'd end up with you know you have to do kind of one-offs within that yeah it, and it's not that you can't do continuity in in network in network shows but i feel like netflix and, and streaming platforms definitely lend themselves more to continuity and storytelling and especially like you know the ability to freeze frame stuff like you know, I, I, especially like in BoJack, you know, we add the, you know, the animal gags in the background. You know, Mike, our supervising director, Mike Hollingsworth, is great with that. Just adding in, you know, like funny animal gags, funny, you know, Lisa Hanawalt, a production designer, will write in like, you know, when when uh, Mr. Peanut Butter builds a Starbucks for Diane in the bedroom, you know, she'll write in all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff in the Starbucks menu. And and it's, mm-hmm. it, it, it lends itself to rewatching and to freeze framing and kind of really like, like, picking it apart which is which is cool because there's animation is so there's so much labor that goes into it like mm-hmm. the more enjoyment that the audience can get out of it like the more like you know oh hey i just noticed you know like there's you know spiced cubes in that starbucks menu like oh that's a you know there's a gag with a you know it's lows but an animal version like it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah totally i like that it's it's and i think netflix also you know helps helps with that to that regard yeah so so uh what does like your role as a director on bojack usually entail like because it's probably a lot of different you know little things that make up your job yeah it's um well right now um right now i'm i'm doing uh we're still in the storyboard phase for season four so i have a team of board artists and i'm responsible for supervising them um getting the boards sort of Conceptually, um, 
like well, usually, usually what happens is I get, I get a script. First things first, I get a script, um, and I'll meet with the creator, uh, Raphael Waksberg, um, the executives, Nolan Steve, and we, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk together. I'll bring in my ideas about what, what I feel we could do with this episode visually. Like what are, you know, what are some things that we could reuse in previous episodes? What are some things we could do new? Here's an idea I have for this, you know, blah, 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 that, and I'll kind of bring, you know, my ideas to the table and we'll discuss and, you know, they'll say, either, you know, we like this or we like this, but maybe a little bit different or, oh, I had envisioned this. Um, and so we kind of we, we agree together sort of in a unified vision for the episode. And then from there, I work with my storyboard team, uh, my assistant director and, and my board artists, uh, and we sort of... Uh, hash out who's doing what, um, you know, give the assignments and then we just, we just roll. Um, and then in addition to that, you know, I work with Mike, um, to make sure, you know, the episode runs smoothly, that we're catching, you know, any errors that slip through that, and that it's, you know, is the, the vision that we came up with initially is still like, you know, we're still sticking to that. And, and then, um, in addition to that, although I have, um, uh, less less of a role in this than than Mike and Lisa. You know, I'll look at designs that come in, um, character designs and background designs, and you know, if if I if I feel so inclined, I you know give my input on that, um, and uh, then you know, uh, it goes it goes off to uh, to animation and uh, in Korea, and then it comes back and we do revisions. <laughs> so uh, we we have uh, two separate sets of directors. We have storyboard directors and uh, animation directors. So I am actually both of those this season. I'm starting now as a board director. And then once storyboard, the storyboard uh, period ends, I go on to animation directing. So I'm working with uh, Adam Parton, our overseas animation director, and Aaron Long, our other animation director, um, just getting those uh, retakes in and making sure that, you know, everything's looking good and it looks all pretty. So we can put it on the internets for people to watch. <laughs> awesome. How, how big are the teams generally that you're working with then? You said a few different names. It's, uh, it's, my storyboard team varies from between three and five people, depending on, you know, how, how in crunch we are. Uh, it's, it's, a, you know, it's, it's not a huge team, but it's, yeah, it's a good size, small little tight knit group. <laughs> are you working on anything else on the side besides? Oh, yes. <laughs> Too much. Well, I saw a couple of things on your website, so I was hoping you were going to list them, but I'm dying to hear more about Hand of the Scribe. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, Hand of the Scribe. So I'm pitching a couple of uh, show ideas on the side because I I don't like to sleep, apparently. So um, (laughs) I uh, Hand of the Scribe. So back in uh, 2013, I think now, my friend uh, Dan Persinger emailed me a copy of what was then the first draft of his novel. And um, he sent it to me and he's like, hey, as a few other people as well. And he's like, hey, if you can read this and give me your feedback, you know, uh, that would be great. Like, oh, yeah, sure. Um, and because I'm a fantastic friend, I printed it out. I put it at my desk and sat there for two months um, and I didn't look at it. And yes. I finally, <laughs> I said, OK, you know what? I, I need to read this. I need to, you know, take a look at this. And I started reading it and I was instantly hooked. Like he... Hand of the Scribe is about these two teenage friends who, in the space of an afternoon, they ruin each other's lives. And so to kind of make up for it, uh, to to fix the damage they've done, they sign up together for this expedition 
what they don't know is they've actually signed up to destroy the world. And it's kind of this, uh, nice. this fantastic steampunk Western fantasy, you know, really unique, really fun. And I approached Dan and I said, look, you know, I know that Dan is a teacher um, and a writer and, and not involved in animation at all. And I said, you know, I know this is your project, but my God, I want to draw these characters. Let's let's make a thing. Um, <laughs> I'm sold. <laughs> and so we've been working together, pitching it around for a couple of years. Um, and then we also have another project called uh, Defenders of Cliché, which is uh, sort of more of a Adult Swim uh, thing that we're working on about a team of uh, washed up fantasy adventurers, which uh, which I've been working on a little animatic for that on the side and. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm working on a comic. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, I've always, even when I'm working full time, I've never, I don't know, I've never, my husband makes fun of me because I always say every time I get a hiatus or a break from work, so I was like, oh, thank gosh, I have, yeah, I have a break. This is great. And he's like, you're going to be climbing the walls in two days. You'll need to find something to work on. <laughs> so I always, it's, there's, there's always something. <laughs> Free time isn't really a thing. <laughs> not, not really. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love what I do. That's the thing about, you know, working in a field that, that you know, it's, it's so much of who I am. Like my, you know, my art isn't just what I do nine to five. It's also, you know, a big part of my identity. And it's, it's kind of how I stay sane. And it's, it's, it's a, it, there's, a, there's a danger sometimes, I think, in sort of losing yourself in your work. And, you know, it, it's, I've definitely been guilty of that at times. And it's, it's, you, need, you need to unplug occasionally, which I, you know, that's my resolution this year is to get better at that. <laughs> what are some things you like to do when you do unplug? Like, what, do you go places? Do you take quiet trips? Or do you just, I don't know, read a book that's been on your bookshelf for ages? reading a lot um I've been reading a lot of Murakami um my husband and I have been trying to go hiking uh my friend and I went up um hiking Griffith Observatory just just getting outside (laughs) I don't I don't see the sun enough (laughs) (laughs) and where are you at located in the world I'm in North Hollywood so I am in in LA so we we have mountains and beach I can I can and lots of sun yeah lots of lots of delicious natural light (laughs) (laughs) I think we're on day like 60 of just overcast overcast we're we're, we're drooling a little bit over the thought of that (laughs) do you guys have snow a lot of snow not this year oh wow no no it's been brutal, bitter, cold, and ice. Lots of ice, but no snow. That's always fun. <laughs> I had ice yeah. in my car the other day. It was crazy. Like, I came out, and I'm like, what do, what do I do? I, like, had a library <laughs> card. I'm, like, trying to get, get your it off credit the windshield. <laughs> what do I do? Oh, my God. It's not 70 degrees. <laughs> yeah. What do you see next for yourself? Like, I don't know. Do you ever consider ending animation and pursuing some 180 degree different career? (laughs) Oh, well, actually, ironically, I was almost at that point right before I started on BoJack. Um, I, I had been thinking, you know, as I mentioned previously, I was sort of at odds and kind of trying to figure out my direction career wise for animation. And there was a part of me that really almost considered uh, leaving and going into biology. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remembered I wanted to ask about oh. the ringtail lemurs and yes. your your love of the, the ecology and the biology over Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, 
One of the things I did uh, in 2014, as I was trying to figure out uh, what direction I wanted to go career-wise, you know, I was thinking about biology. Um, and back in 2006, I had read uh, a book called Lords and Lemurs by um, a woman named Alison Jolly. And it was incredible. It was, it was almost like a novel, but it was also a history of Madagascar. And it was a history of this tiny little uh, private reserve called Berenti in the south of, of Madagascar. And I've always loved ringtail lemurs. And, um, you know, I think, they're, I think they're super cute. And so I was just, this book, like, reading it was just transporting and, and, and wonderful. And so I decided, you know, I want to I go to Madagascar, but I, I don't want to go as a tourist. I want to volunteer. I want to do something worthwhile. Um, and so, you know, flash forward, uh, however many years later, eight years later, I, I was like up late one night and I think I thought, you know what, like I, I'm going to email Alison Jolly. I'm going to do it. I'm going to send her an email. You know, I've been thinking about biology for a while. Like, I'm going to see if she knows who I can volunteer with in Madagascar. And so I emailed her and, and she was very kind and she wrote back and she said, you know, um, if here are some organizations, but if you want, you can volunteer on the ring-tailed lemur census at Berenti. And I, I yes, please. <laughs> uh, and so I went out uh, and I went out to my husband who was sitting at his desk and my, you know, Chuck is, is, is a delight. And he tags along in my harebrained schemes with incredible good humor and grace. And so I went out and I said, Hey, so, uh, I just emailed an author that I read a couple of years ago. You want to go to Madagascar with me? And he, you know, he kind of looks at me and he's like, well, you know, okay, okay. <laughs> and so we, we went, um, we did an art supply drive and a medical supply drive. My husband is a combat medic and a, uh, an ER nurse. So we did uh, a medical supply drive and an art supply drive. Um, and we mailed the supplies ahead of us to my contact, Josiah, who uh, is living out there. She's a PhD biologist, um, a Malagasy biologist and, and scientist. And so we mailed the stuff out to her. And then we came out and we spent two months at Berenti. Uh, I taught art workshops at the local school. And Chuck did uh, like healthcare work. Like uh, he, there's a, I don't know if you, you know, sizzle, there's like this, the, uh, fibrous plant that's one of the main exports of Madagascar and there's a big sizzle plant at Berenti and so Chuck went and he did like a first aid class for the the factory workers at Berenti like on how to you know treat cuts and, and wounds uh, with you know simple like bandages and make simple tourniquets uh, and uh, then we also you know we counted lemurs which is incredibly difficult way more than <laughs> uh, I had I had expected uh, it was supremely humbling uh and uh yeah it was it was nuts we you know I, I went out there and um i have so much respect for field biologists and you know scientists who do field work because my god it is no joke like it is huh. nuts it is crazy hard and it, you know ring-tailed lemurs are like they, they live in the same area they live in the same, they range in the same region for, for generations, these troops of, yeah. you know, between five and 25 lemurs. So if you're a school biologist, you know, you're going out, you're looking at lemurs, it's pretty easy to kind of track them and see who's who. If you're a harebrained animator and her husband who's along for the <laughs> ride, like, oh no, 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 it is hard. <laughs> but it was like, it was, I came home and I just like, it changed my worldview completely. Like I, I was so 
humble and so it you know i felt very small in in both good and bad ways i guess like it's it's and that's like i i love i love travel for that reason it's just it 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 broadens your worldview and it you know it's there are so many stories that everyone has to tell it's amazing (laughs) it's easy to get caught in that same routine so it's good you know to break outside of that so it's it's exciting to hear you did it. How long were you out there then? Like a couple months? A couple or was months. it longer than that? A couple months. Yeah, we it took us a week to get out there. We stopped in London for a day. So we came from L.A. to London to Johannesburg to Antananarivo, which is the capital. And then from there down to Berenti. Um, and then uh, uh, on the way back, it took us, you know, three or four days to get back. But we were, yeah, we were at Berenti for a solid, like, six weeks. Nice. Well, I just think it's wonderful to get out and experience the world. I think it informs your work and inspires your work, not you personally per se, but in general as an artist, I think it makes it better. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, like you said, it's, it's so, especially like for me, I feel it's like, it's so easy to get in that rut of like your, your sort of your little routine becomes, you know, it's a routine. It just becomes your life. And it, you know, as you, as you come out of it, like, and then see, you know, oh, you know, there's an, oh, there's a whole world out here. It's, it's, right. it's incredible. Do you have any advice you could offer fellow creatives, rookies, newbies, up and comers, or anybody even maybe thinking about going into animation? Do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I absolutely do it. Uh, and, and, and start, start today. Uh, I've, I've, I, I would say that the main thing to keep in mind is it's it's a hard industry to get into but if if you work hard and you're kind it you'll you'll get there and that's i mean it and it's it seems it sounds very trite and it sounds like oh, ah yeah, it's just you know just being nice but no it's 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 absolutely true you know being hard hard working and kind and polite will get you very very far because all of your work comes from you know your your portfolio people you know and what, what happened with me was I started, um, you know, I, I started at my first job and pretty much almost, almost all, if not all of my subsequent jobs came from people I work with at that studio. So it's like, even if you're just starting out, even if it's just a two week gig, because that's usually how the, like you'll start an animation. Like somebody will bring you on to do revisions to sit for six weeks to kind of see what your skills like, or they'll bring you on as a design apprentice or, you know, a junior animator. And it, you know, if, if you just work really hard, ask a lot of questions and, you know, do your best, people will bring you back. It, and it, you know, the, the more you come back, you know, you get known as it, you know, and once you're a known commodity, then, then, you know, you're you're in. There's no escape. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, awesome. yeah. I think that's cool. I appreciate your time. Yeah. We all appreciate your time. Yeah. Here thank as you well. so much. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you for uh, asking such cool questions and inviting me in the show. <laughs> oh, thanks of for course. sharing your story and your inspiration. Most definitely. I hope our our listeners enjoy. I know I have. All right. Well, thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. 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 up this episode of swim it was wonderful we want to thank our swim team and ann walker farrell it was a blast you can find more information about ann and bojack horseman on our website at urswim.com 
We also want to give a shout out to all the strong women in motion out there. Along with all the swim fans and supporters and all those pushing for balance and diversity in motion graphics. See you next month. See you next month. That's beautiful. I love it. I think we're good. <laughs>